0: You're listening to episode 125 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. <clears throat>
1: All right, guys, uh, I'm sorry to do this on the air. Um, we, we, do, uh, we do have a guest on the show. It's uh, Ted Brant rostein Welcome back, guys. Uh, we have to – we've got to clear this up. I'm looking at our terms and services right now. This is your second time on the show. You've got to pay up. Uh, so, uh, let's see. It looks like a cost of being a guest on the show. <laughs> Marco, this can't be right. Zero dollars?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Updated uh, recently. How recently? We charged like
1: a year Sabella ago? twice
0: zero dollars. What are you thinking? Well, listen. We're we're also down two people. So, I mean, this is what happens. Oh. Oh. The show's falling apart. We're half of what we used to be. Thanos got to us. It's over. But... <laughs> Here to save the day are actually uh, two of the fantastic creators behind the book that actually is optioned for a movie, and I think a book that everybody's talking about right now, Crowded. Uh, We've got Ted Brandt and Rose Stein. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us again. Yes.
3: I'm very glad it doesn't cost us anything to come on here. Otherwise, I I might just have to just give you my knees. (laughs) I
1: have (laughs) nothing. I mean, I've been looking for a new pair of knees to hang up in the the rear view mirror of my car you know like dice hang them up i
0: might use them <laughs> <I need> them.
4: <laughs> yeah i'd offer you mine but i'm over 30 so they're, they're useless <laughs> oh, no. <Fair>. all
0: right <laughs> that's that's a good point i'm uh, i'm near and there myself and i'm feeling the i'm feeling the pain as they say but uh it, it is great to have uh both of you back we are big fans of crowded over here on this podcast uh, you guys, well, the 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 trade actually is on its way out, right? Yep, yeah, uh, this
4: week, isn't it?
0: March twentieth. Oh, that's awesome! That's,
1: that's the oh, week wow. this comes out. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, so go definitely go pick yeah. it up
2: uh, that this Wednesday.
0: Yes, so we're gonna be talking just about crowded and you know the process behind creating this book, and uh, I'm I'm fascinated by the art in this book, so I have a lot of questions and gushing and things like that to do uh real quick i just want to let everybody that is listening to this uh know how to find us how to find this podcast you can find us on itunes soundcloud all the podcast hosting platforms go check us out while you're there leave us a like comment all that kind of good stuff talk to us about uh how much you guys love crowded we'd love to get that feedback and uh you know, your favorite moments from the book. You can also get us on social media. We are at the Comics Pals over there. And you can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com if you've got a buy or sell random question of the week or you just want to talk to us about anything that we talk about on this episode. So, back to you guys, Ted, Ro. I love the art in Crowded. I am like, I'm so jazzed to talk about it. And it's nice to be able to. It's nice to be able to come on here and be so excited, because you you know you never know. Um, But we loved it when we saw the preview art the first time we we spoke with you, and now it's out, and the first arc is out, and it's so good. How are you guys feeling now that the whole thing's done? At least the first arc is done.
3: Oh, uh, we have not got time to go ah, because we're already <laughs> on the second arc. So it's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: there's there's no resting on laurels, but I'd say what um. Because we got our, our comp copies of the trade two weeks ago. and It's looking pretty nifty. It, it, it's a book that I think we can both say we're definitely really proud of.
0: Do you ever just sit back and go, wow, we did an amazing job? This is the best.
4: Not yet. I mean, maybe when it's all done. <laughs> no, we'll move on to something else then. It's was
3: like, oh, wait, wait, we did that. Yeah. <laughs> Why not do that? <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> that old thing. Those,
3: those three years or however long it's going to take. Was like, yeah. We just no, sure. keep pushing forward and keep the stress levels high.
0: <laughs> awesome, uh, Kale, you were going to jump in there.
1: Well, I, I was, but it was just to make a, an offhand joke of uh, something Rose said. But I think, I think the thing for me about crowded was, and this I think is probably the highest compliment one could get about art. I think I want a pair of Vita's boots.
4: Fair enough. I think you can get them.
1: Yeah, yeah. they And, they're and like I
4: yellow Doc Martens.
1: I want to know I want to know how to add that to my everyday wardrobe and I think I might.
4: Yeah, I mean yellow <laughs> Doc, Doc Martens are definitely a thing that can can be bought. So good news there. To,
3: <laughs> do you have a very colorful wardrobe?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm especially into like bright shoes. I'm I've got bright red ones now, so
3: I think it should fit right in there. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So, on on, on the trade, real quick, uh, I, I did want to ask, you know, a lot of times with trades, you're able to put extras and things like that, you know, um, uh, different artwork that maybe didn't make the book, you know, variant covers that didn't make it, stuff like that. Were you guys able to pack this with any extras? Not really,
4: um, because... Because um, the book is a lot longer than most image comics, then hmm. the, the the story itself ate up what most books would be using for back matter. Right.
1: I, I was gonna I was gonna bring this up at another point, but I I do recall. I don't remember if it was the last time you were here or if I saw it later, but you added material like extra pages. Was it something like eight pages or eight um,
4: four pages in had... issue three? Yeah. Okay. But then- but then e- each issue is already a standard of twenty-four pages anyway, so it's already all right. So it's already more than the, like, yeah what the current industry standard. So between that and the fact we've got six issues, it just meant that like That's a lot of paper. We'd have to we've had to have added I think an extra twelve pages to the book um, in order to kind of get the numbers completely even. It was something like that anyway, sure. from where we are now. Um, and so it was just a case of it it would have added a a lot of cost to the uh, the print and you know we didn't want to pass any of that on so mm.
3: also a lot of the back matter probably would have had to have been very initial character sketches and a lot of those are pe- quite illegible <laughs> <laughs> to anyone that isn't me
4: <laughs> yeah i mean like uh, as far as it goes for back matter of stuff like you know design work we tweet all of our out mm-hmm. at, like, kind of at mm-hmm. points anyway of like going into character design histories. So. Oh yeah, I
3: remember doing that.
1: I was going to say, not that long ago, there were tweets of of uh, Rowan and Vita, right? No. Um,
4: yes, we got the we did the Charlie and Vita and I, Charlie. Thank you. I think I might have done the Cersei, Circe? the Cersei like preliminary designs.
0: She was hard on the nail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the characters. In crowded are so unique looking and and dynamic um charlie you know she comes across as very much a character you could see her i could see her walking down the street in, in la type of thing and i i'm sure that's what you were going for but then like the book just explodes with different you know just like a lot of representation different you know people of color different clothing like so dynamic was that was that the call, you know? Was that what um, Sabella wanted or is that where you guys took it? Was that what you got out of it?
3: I think part of it was that there's a lot of crowd scenes and so it's like, mm. I need to find people from everywhere. <laughs> it's
4: like, I need I need to,
3: <laughs> there's so much space to fill in, get everyone in. Yeah.
4: But I mean, <laughs> as, far as, as far as representation goes, it was something that like the whole team um, did, did have a discussion about mm. early on to make sure that we would, you know, Doing a good job, so trying to make sure that anybody could read the book and you know at least at least see someone who looks like them walking past or at the very least like that we're not writing anyone out of the world
0: right sure yeah in the uh, in the, the letters pages uh, there was a, there were a lot of letters that you guys printed um about this very subject, and it's cool that comics can do that
3: someone was writing in about how they saw a lot of themselves in Vita because Vita's not very female presenting and everything and it meant a lot to me because I was putting a lot of myself into Vita in that sense as I am sort of a non-binary individual in that way Mm -hmm. and that I don't particularly see myself as being a very feminine person and it felt really nice to be able to have a female character who doesn't have to be well like a lot of female characters you see in comics are quite typically feminine in the way they look Mm. right so
4: i mean some of it's the difference between um brie larson's captain marvel in the captain marvel film and brie larson's captain marvel in that latest avengers endgame trailer
1: oh you guys noticed that too huh
4: (laughs) yeah everybody did
1: (laughs) yeah
3: I didn't actually realize that was Brie Larson in the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, who's that?
1: That's a, that's a problem.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's Captain Marvel. I was like, what wait what? Yeah.
4: Yeah, they 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 did a load of things that they didn't need to.
0: Mm. Yeah, the the opinions about that were hot and heavy. Um, for those of you who are under a rock, new Avengers endgame trailer dropped and uh, Captain Marvel is in it. Um so we'll be, you know, we'll be dissecting that a little later as we tend to do because we have nothing better to do. Um but uh no, it, it is it is awesome, you know, for you guys and for the fans that Crowded is a book that's not only good. You know, there are there are a lot of good comics out there. I would wager that Crowded is a great comic, but it's it's not just that. It's also that it does present this opportunity for people to see themselves represented in the book whether it's through vita or charlie or or anyone even just a the passerby there are so many characters that are oh hey you know like oh uh, that's that's kind of cool that that represents how i dress or you know the color of my skin or how i present or you know all of that and, and it all matters
4: it does like i mean we would never try and tell the story of someone that we're not qualified to tell like because you know i mean most of our team is queer and there's a lot of strong queer themes and developments that will develop within there but we would never try and like actually tell any stories about you know um experiences of not being white because we're Mm. all pretty white Mm. like we know that's (laughs) well well outside of our uh outside of our ability
3: we're so pale
4: yeah Yeah, but i mean but then so you know the least we can do is at least make sure that people can visually see themselves in there no matter who they are even if we're not telling even if we're not trying to appropriate or tell their stories
0: and i think even you know even if you can't necessarily tell the story of um you know a, a person of color per se, I think it's it's valuable to maybe not maybe not in that way, but you know queer wise to tell those stories or to you know implement those themes and i I think even me you know i'm not I'm not queer, but I am uh, a person of color uh, and it's cool to see that vita is is a primary character. You know, that she's, and that she's taken seriously, even though Rolf, you know, you throw in a lot of goofy faces and things like that, which I I adore. Um, but she's a serious character and, and she means business and she's powerful. And that's great to see.
4: It, Charlie was originally going to be a woman of color as well until it was pointed out by um, our editor, Juliet, that... That may be slightly awkward because
3: She walks around with a lot of privilege.
4: Yeah. And, even uh, though everyone is trying
3: to kill her. <laughs> so so, yeah. she's clearly terrible.
4: <laughs> so we, we we didn't want that to end up becoming a whole thing in and of itself. <laughs> and so making her white was actually a really smart move just for what her character needs to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Instagram uh, influencer is uh it's it's really it's really a white person career, you know.
0: Oh. Uh, anyone can do that <laughs> but I, I i definitely understand what you're meaning in the sense that she is very you know she's never to, yeah she's <laughs> never had
4: to worry about a police pullover she's never had to worry that you know someone will mistake her intentions or treat her the wrong way she she, well, she
3: takes she's able to take a lot for granted yeah a lot exactly of
4: and if the character is gonna be like that then uh-huh. yeah. It was it was obvious that what we had to do there, but the it was yeah, especially with her being white. Vita was always going to be a woman of color. Mm.
0: I actually uh, I've, I have a, a love hate relationship with Charlie. Just I because... think a lot, of
4: people...
3: <laughs> Most... a lot of people just hate her,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, she has her moments, you know, where she is sort of sincere, and I really love some of the the more tender moments that she gets to have with Vita. But then she's also like going to the club and you know, when when she's her life is at risk for anyone who isn't familiar with the story of crowded. It's about this girl, uh, Charlie who, who lives in all these characters live in a world. That's kind of like slightly in the future. Think you can think like black mirror type thing. When you think of like how far in the future it is. And there's this app where you can essentially crowdfund the the, the murder of, a, of an individual, uh, and she is now the target, and uh, there's a million-dollar bounty on her head, and Vita is the person who's going to defend her. There's a, a, a defender app, if you will, and and um, Vita gets hired to protect Charlie, and antics and hilarity Sue as you can probably tell, um, and it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Now there was a moment in this book. There are actually a few moments where I, I I laughed out loud, but not because of like dialogue or even a particular like moment where you were intentionally trying to be funny. It was because it was so fun, you know. Um, the car chases in particular, they're just fun and they're and they're illustrated and it's you know the team effort in a way that just it's just vibrant and it's like oh my god this is awesome you know. Uh, can you talk about the process behind making, or at least in my mind, you can speak to this, making sure that the book had a particular energy that was, you know, engaging and and, and fun.
4: I mean, that was our primary thing, wasn't it? When yeah. we came on,
0: like, because, you know, Chris
4: has said this as well in interviews, that cra- if without us, Crowded would have been a much more grim affair. Totally. Sure. Right. Being closer to something like um, Cold War, say. Yeah, yeah. When when we started out, it was it was a much more serious concept, right? Like not to say that it wouldn't have had humor in there, but it was never intended originally as a comedy book. P- mm. Partly because, like, Chris was was always worried there wasn't a market for a comedy book, right? Which you know, it, it's certainly a, a difficult market to crack if if not impossible, but um, but then. Yeah, we weren't very comfortable playing it straight, as it were.
3: <laughs> we, we, we don't do serious, we're very bad at it. <laughs> if, you do, if you're doing serious stuff all the time, I think it can, for us, it would just make us feel very sad.
4: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's that thing of... The story is serious, but that doesn't mean that the book has to be.
0: Yeah. Right.
4: Because, I mean, one of the things that really helped with this was um, Giancarlo Volpe, who was the showrunner on the aborted but wonderful Green Lantern, the animated series. Mm.
1: Yes. Yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah.
4: Back when Tumblr was still usable, then (laughs) he um, was, he was really great at putting up loads of storytelling tips. Mm. And, you know, one of the things that really stuck with us was his, um, his method of making an all ages uh, story. And he said that generally what the market will tell you is make a really simple story and put in a boob joke for the parents. <laughs> and, like, you know, and he said that that's arse backwards. What he, he is needs-
3: paraphrasing with that. By the
4: way. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but then, like, then, but he's, but Volpe always said that that, that approach is completely arse backwards. What you need to do is make a complicated story with some stupid slapstick just to kind Mm. of make sure the kids are invested enough that they keep with the story. And that's what we've been trying to do with Crowded. Like, I mean, it's not all ages, but it's still that idea of we're trying to make sure that it's entertaining enough in any given moment that you want to get onto the next one, even with the high stakes. It's, you know...
3: Well, to be honest, I think adding a bit of comedy also adds a bit more realism to it because there's very few people that are serious all the time and if they were i don't think he'd actually want to hang out with that person in real life
4: (laughs) (laughs) and and as the final point on it then there's also just the fact that like you know fun books are fun and (laughs) it's reductive but true and we we're not we're not in comics to make uh, you know, a Sistine Chapel style intricate work of art. We're not here to do like do so, do something that's. I mean, like cause it, years back, I went to the Angoulême um, Comics Festival in France.
1: I just went to that this year.
4: It's fantastic. It's great. But um, when I was there, it was um, there was a, a room of Belgian fine art comics, and it was things like one of the was like a small miniature 1920s room. And the comic was in the um, the old old person style picture frames going around the room. Or, it was all this sort of stuff, and okay. it, was, it was all comics, definitely. You know, even the one that was painted in pig's blood. It was all definitely comics, but Whoa. it was it was definitely capital A art. We don't want to make capital A art. We you know the world fucking sucks we just want to make something to make people feel good for five minutes
0: yeah alright we
1: just listen we just want to put dicks on a headband at a bachelorette party that's what we want
3: that wasn't our idea oh no because of the number of dicks we ended up having to drop
4: it numbered over 200 in the end What?
3: (laughs) yeah like over 200 dicks in one issue
1: I mean that seems like a light affair in, in uh in in the age of uh sex criminals and um oh what's that one you guys might know. Rachel Stott did it with uh Cy Spurrier, I think. And and she did a page where there were like twelve thousand twelve thousand dicks.
4: Oh crap. I it's on the tip of my tongue. Mother- Motherlands?
0: Motherlands? Motherlands, yeah, there you go. Good work. Is is two hundred like a record? Doubtful. I mean,
1: it's a lot of it's a lot of dicks to draw for sure. It's,
3: it's a record for me.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, now you have
1: to break it.
4: Ah. No. <laughs> Maybe go. next project in a couple We're of years.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and write that one down. See if I can't pitch it to Image and these guys. Uh, dick book.
4: The book of a thousand dicks.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can we get a... This is just a request, you know, hopefully you guys can fulfill it. Can we get a, a Buy Furious off?
4: I don't know about that, but... Um, Chris does have a print-on-demand um, Buy Furious t-shirt store mm. available. Oh, really? Um, Somewhere on his Twitter.
3: I think he's looking into pin badges as well at some point. Yeah,
4: and at, at Emerald City this weekend, there's definitely... Um, by furious uh stickers
1: oh i saw those stickers of the 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 crowded app logo and then the patches oh i'm jealous
4: <laughs> yeah us too We're like, we, we don't get to be there so yeah
0: so that that actually that actually brings up another point have you have you guys had the opportunity to come over here and maybe hit up a, a convention to promote crowded at all or is that in the is that in the works no
3: we haven't um, been to America since we were working with Action Lab.
4: Yeah, so that's, that's three quite, years now.
3: I don't know. Yes, maybe
1: three years. Oh, so you you came you came over when it was still good. <laughs> well, well, ish. <laughs> yeah, ish. Yes, the beginning of when it all went downhill.
4: Yeah, but um, they had good food trucks. Yeah, I sure. remember that. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so, uh, we we would genuinely love to, but. Comics finances being what they are we yeah. we would have to be invited at this point because we make what I think most people would term an upsettingly small amount of money currently so that's unfortunate yeah I mean it is what it is like you know we, we we're surviving and we get to make the book, so we're really not complaining no But yes. it's just it just means there are certain realities about being able to yeah. attend conventions yeah absolutely
0: uh the 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 starving artist right.
4: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I really don't want to glamorize that because it's a terrible thing for people to think they ought to go into. But, um, right. but like, I mean, we're fine. We we have we a, have a
3: support system, which yeah. is fantastic. Otherwise, we would be fucked.
4: Yeah, but we, like, we have a place to live. We 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 afford we can afford meals, so uh, we're not we're not in danger in any stretch of the imagination. But international travel does have to be a fair yeah. way down the priorities list.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Peter is, is uh, you know, relatively affordable, right? And, uh, Absolutely. <laughs> so speaking of, of international travel and all that kind of stuff, Crowded obviously got picked up uh, by Rebel Wilson, who, you know, wants to make the movie. Um, and I know that Chris ended up meeting with her and there was a whole thing there. Was there ever a talk or a consideration of you guys being involved with that meeting, and what is your involvement with the movie process?
4: We've made the book. Uh, yeah, cur- cur- <laughs> currently absolutely nothing. Like, um, the, the meeting with Rebel was one of those things of, if we could get ourselves to LA, we'd have been welcome. Gotcha. But, <laughs> like, for, for Chris, it was a, you know, two-hour flight from Portland. For us, it would have been a nine-hour from London. For about 12 hours, and then back home. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah Right. Like we, Which we, we feasible. yeah, we would have been welcome if we'd been around, but yeah, it, it's a, it's quite a gap to uh, to cross. I mean, like, we won't know if we're able to have any involvement with the movie itself until it gets bought, mm. is because then and, until until there's a studio involved. Like, if if we get to that point, then they like they we might be able to con them into letting us have a, a design consultancy credit or something, but, but like that all come any, any of our involvement with the movie itself would
0: come once there is a movie to be involved with. Mm. One thing that I I've definitely learned or I, or at least I think has been reinforced recently through the deadly class television show uh, on sci-fi. Um, that show is phenomenal. And it includes a lot of involvement of Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Um, A lot of the art direction on the show uh, comes directly from Wes, actually. And I say that to say that I think that you guys are integral to Crowded. and And I think any movie based on this book, it'd be a shame for you guys to not have some kind of involvement.
4: I mean, if they were offering, if they were asking, we would be in 100%. Awesome. I can't
3: really think about that because it makes my brain go static. <laughs> 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 I, I wouldn't really know what to do with that.
4: No, I mean, it's like with everything else about Crowded. We'd learn by doing.
3: Oh, yeah. But <laughs>
4: <laughs> at this
3: point, it's like, a, ah. You what? just
1: <laughs> do whatever they ask and think about it later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's generally how it works. So I think w- one of my absolute favorite pages from crowded um and I, i've seen other people bring this page up so obviously a lot of people enjoy it as well it's the the house it's the first time we see the house and when it's it's like open and we can see them walking through it and stuff like that and see the rooms and stuff that that page was one of the cool that's one of the coolest things i've seen in comics i really love it
4: thank, thank you. you yeah it, it was a lot of fun i mean um it was a lot of effort because uh we
3: built the house in SketchUp like, to help fl- make sure we got a good angle and everything. And,
4: and, and we, we really didn't skimp on the details. It was things like, you know, the, each, uh, each floor, there'd be the base layer of the floor, the joists going through it, the, um, you know, we, we didn't do plumbing, but that was about the only thing we left out.
3: <laughs> Essentially, we really overdid the model.
4: Yeah, because we, we, we thought they were going to be based there a lot longer.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: things didn't quite turn out that way sadly no
4: but yeah i mean um that page it did come out well and um the you know before we put everything up for before we started putting pages up for sale then um chris made sure he claimed like, it he, he bags oh, um,
0: that one and um the first cover as well ah uh, can't blame <laughs> those are well, to me, when I think of crowded, those are the things that I that I think of that first cover and that that page there.
4: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Looks we've reused the the first cover for the um, for the trade because, we're, like, when we were trying to go through like a che- a checklist because our editor is a retailer, so as well. So she was giving us like a checklist of um, things that sell. Yeah, like kind of with image firsts, like what tends to attract people visually who may not have heard of the series. And oh. actually like the first cover already had all of that. It's was like, there's no point reinventing the wheel. So we just-
3: Oh, I was just gonna say, um, we like that cover so much that we're planning that for any of the rest of the trades it's gonna be basically a variation on the theme of them doing a different pose in front of the camera and people in the background being different people from the arc Sick. that are out to get them and stuff.
0: Awesome. That's very
1: cool. Now I need. Now I need to look at the first cover again.
0: <laughs> I, I am curious about what you were just saying, Ted. The things that sort of make a marketable, you know, cover trade. Is is that something that you could share with us? Just some of those core tenants.
4: Um, like, like glad you can. I don't remember it. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was things like you know, relatively simple. You don't want anything. Don't want anything too involved something so it's going to be quite clean as a design Mm. preferably with you know the main character or characters really front and center so you can see what it's about and it and like the idea of that giving at least a hint of what What the book's about about. so it's like you know and like that first cover did it it did all of that like you know you've got charlie Obnoxiously taking a selfie while Vita is pissed at her, trying to shield her from uh, all these people are out together. Like it, I don't know how we came up with that. Honestly, I, I can't remember. It. Like, it was
3: so long ago. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I cannot remember which, like, you know, which bits of that cover belong to which of us. No. but it it turned out pretty good i
0: absolutely agree <laughs> yeah
4: so though we are having a lot of fun for the covers of um of arc not? two yeah. and like i think cause we, we've just handed in the cover for issue nine because obviously they have to go a long way ahead of the yeah, sure. um, the issues due to solicits and i think nine's probably my favorite
0: my favorite oh, cover wait. so far that's awesome
1: how far how far along are you in the second arc
0: <laughs> just um
4: Rose just about to finish up seven so should, I think yeah, first issue of, of it so I'm just about to start it because uh, I'm I'm running on a bit of a lag because I'm I've I'm moonlighting as well I've got a second job so oh, sure you know well
3: it's also the thing that you are faster than me and you tend to end up like that kind of thing where you're walking behind someone kicking the shoes off <laughs> just <out> of <laughs>
4: Yeah, but then between the second job and giving, like, yeah, you know, giving a starting the second job and giving a buffer for I this got thing a buffer.
0: means that it should run pretty smoothly. So I I was actually very pleasantly surprised because I, I didn't realize that, that crowded was gonna continue beyond that first six issues. I mean, like when I got to the sixth issue, I realized, oh, this isn't over. But I I didn't I wasn't aware of that at the time. Um, what kind of W- like what kind of things are you guys excited to show us in the next arc and beyond? Very glad to be leaving LA. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so what are you thinking?
4: Flat with short. Buildings.
1: What do you? What are you thinking? Less dicks this uh, this arc or?
4: Less dicks, more explosions. All right. <laughs> okay. I think that's that's the aim. Fair uh, trade. Yeah.
3: Like um. Maybe less dicks, more boobs. All right. Very like low. That. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um.
4: That's yeah. Tasteful boobs. Yes, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <sorry>. Now, no, <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, yeah, we we're, the plan is three more arcs. So, wow. like, well, it takes
3: about a week per.
4: Yeah, so each arc is going to be roughly a week of time over oh, the Charlie's man. Reaper campaign.
1: Uh, yeah, I it didn't click for me until the end that this this was only three days.
4: Yeah.
3: But, a few. We're not entirely certain. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Somewhere
0: between
4: three and five.
1: Yeah, I think. I think the the last thing they talk about is there's 27 days left in the campaign.
4: Yeah, yeah. So it's it, like it's not a perfect matching, but it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, like, right. yeah. Roughly like nine days, a thing. Hopefully, I mean, right. when like that's the plan at the moment. It may shift. You there's know, right? Long right. Be some fudging with time. Yeah, because Chris is one of those. Chris is the sort of writer who really likes to have a, 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 a plan and then also if something else like crops up in the meantime that's better <laughs> then he'll yeah. happily divert into to that so currently the plan is yeah that it those i mean we will definitely be doing four arcs and we should be getting to the end of the campaign ish
0: it'll work out somehow right
4: <laughs> chris chris has already written the last page it's just all
0: the pages in between there that we
4: need to worry about awesome Okay.
0: Okay. What What is the the collaboration and the relationship been like with Image on this book? What's the support been like? You know, are they behind it? Oh stuff yeah, like, like yeah. I mean, um, yeah. They they've been keen so far. Like we
4: don't have much direct contact with them because Chris is project managing it. So, mm. like, we don't have to worry about that stuff a lot, which is very generous of Chris, frankly, because. <laughs> means that yeah he's doing that and
3: and we're drawing all of la
4: yeah (laughs) (laughs) we we need all that extra time so it's great that he's been willing to you know take that burden off us so but i mean certainly everything chris
0: has said has suggested that
4: positive things yeah the relationship with image has been
0: really good 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 awesome yeah, that's that's very good to hear. Uh, Image Image can never ceases to amaze with the kind of unique books that that they put out, and you know I'm so happy that Crowded is a book that can exist right now. Oh, us too. <laughs> I bet.
4: Because <laughs> uh, like not long before we signed on with this, we we had another pitch that went out to a different publisher, flop, and so it was like. Oh God, please let us get, you know, please let yeah. us land something. Yeah. Right.
3: It's a shame because that was a dang pretty pitch. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but yeah, it's, we're really glad this is
4: working out well. I, I
0: guess it doesn't leave much room for other projects because you guys are... <laughs>
4: I, I, like I said, I've, I've got a side job that I'm working on at the moment, but then, yeah, Ro is busier than I am when it comes to Crowded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Right. But I mean this being comics you can never just do one thing so we are the only thing we're that we're doing outside of this is very very slowly putting together um, some kind of preliminary stuff for our post-crowded project pitch mm. oh because I mean, it's comics you need to be years ahead yeah. of, right. of the publisher much less the the, the publishing mm. So, so
3: like some very preliminary ideas of like character design, maybe, and
4: yeah, like world so, design. So yeah, that that's the only thing we've got time for like, as a unit outside of crowded. But and it's very sparse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so is is that a is that a story that um you guys are gonna sort of work on, uh yourselves in terms of you know from the art to the writing to everything or
4: not quite like. We're collaborating on the actual story because the world is one that I've built and that we're designing together, mm. and we've come up with this the we've come up with most of the framework for the plot of the first book at least, but we're neither of us is confident enough to actually do the writing so we're um we're working with a with a
0: friend to
3: create
0: something usable yeah well that's awesome uh one thing that i can definitely say is that i think the comics industry needs voices like yours even if it you know your your voice is coming through the art i think it's incredibly important and as you guys have said and i've i've heard from chris as well say this that crowded would be very different you know crowdfund dead right uh that, that was mine <laughs> and I'm glad it I'm glad it got vetoed. <laughs> I, I actually kinda like that name.
3: <laughs> it's a, I really like it, but then when you look at the logo you realise good
4: god it would have been really long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a fine name, but it just it doesn't
0: work on any practical level. It would have had to
4: have gone vertically down the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But but no, uh I, I think what you guys bring to that book is is it's just kinda unique in comics. Like I can tell that there's fun being had in the creation of the book and it and it you know, it, it comes across as a labor of absolute love and joy. And it's it's refreshing to see that. Not to say that everybody else who makes comics is, you know, hating to hate themselves, but Oh yeah, they're you know. Miserable. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Come on. Well, wow. Fair enough, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're all on the same Twitter, so.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, I'm. I'm really glad that's happening because, yeah, like I mean, like I said earlier,
3: we want to make stuff that's fun for people. Yeah, to
4: just have some fun exactly. away from. Oh God, the real world. Yeah, <gasps> no. Like, <laughs> now more than it has been in my lifetime, I think escapism is really important right now. Yeah. Not, you know. Because, yeah, there are always reactionary old farts who say, oh, you, you know, you can't hide from reality. We're not talking about hiding from reality, but just forgetting it for five minutes is very, very valuable. Right.
0: Absolutely. Especially the times we are in.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what we want, Ray. We, we just want to make a book that allows people to, for just five minutes, forget that the world out here is terrible and focus on the world in there that's terrible.
0: Yes, instead of focusing on our horrible reality, we can uh, focus on Charlie's horrible reality. <laughs> it's colourful <causal> though. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true.
4: It, it is. I mean, Tree does a wonderful job on the colours, like making sure that it's all super vibrant, which is a huge part of why the book does look as good as it does.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely. This is this is one of the best coloured books in the market
4: right now. I would say. I mean, yeah, I yeah, I I firmly agree. Like when when it was when we were p- putting together the team chris asked us who we wanted on colors like we didn't have a second choice tree was the only choice mm. and there is a there's a i mean you know the book that you you know you've been reading it's is proof of why cuz she's fantastic at her job mm-hmm. her choices yeah. in colors are really really bold and the vibrancy really helps build the world and provides another layer of really interesting juxtaposition to
0: the seriousness of the story. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, when you say that, I think about so many of the, the funny moments and the pop of the colors juxtaposed with the funny face of a character. And it just works. I mean, like in By Furious, like with um, when Dystopia takes the stage, like
4: the coloring on, on that page, absolutely fantastic yeah. all the yeah. um the pinks and purples just merging together brilliantly it's really because <laughs> it like pink and purple, pink the kind of pink and bluey purple that of the bisexual flag in the hands of a lesser colorist could look awkward in there but tree mm. managers make it both like vibrant and completely natural
0: i seem to also recall, recall like glitter like lots of
4: yeah um there
0: was a glitzy
3: posing pouches Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sparkly gold underpants. the pants.
3: <laughs> Sparkly gold dick. <laughs>
4: that is the quote of the
1: show. <laughs> make that make that oh, the episode God. title. Yes.
0: Oh, God. Would you guys yeah, say <laughs> would you guys say that this has been a challenging book to work on in terms of Yeah.
4: Absolutely. Like no question.
3: When we keep pushing ourselves to keep getting better and better and it's just like this it, it doesn't let up.
4: No. Because, like, I mean, if you look at the first five pages of the first issue, that was the pitch, those five. Yeah. And then after that, like, there's already a small but certain art style improvement and competency upgrade after those five pages. Because, like, then we'd had a bit more time to dig into exactly what it was we wanted to do with the book. And, And then as we've gone, you know, we've just kept pushing everything. So, you know... Taking inspiration from wider sources, I've changed inking tools three or four times. Wow, I think
3: nothing is perfect. <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> but the thing is, just about making sure that we, um, making sure you know we get the uh, the best effect. Doing a, a monthly book is a quest for perfection that you're never going to get. Mm-hmm. And you always, get a, you always get closer than you did last issue. Hopefully. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. Like, I admire, I think part of what it is, is like, I really admire artists who have the patience to stick with their art style for the sake of like complete artistic continuity. Even though they're, like, they're learning as they go and they really want to change things because they're learning. Mm. But they're making sure that it stays, like, we haven't done that. We did not have patience. <laughs> no, like, every time we learn something new, it goes straight in the book.
3: Oh, I can do that now.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And <sighs> there's, you know, there's a reason for that. Because... script consistency. So, <laughs> we want the book to be the best book that we can make it right here and now. And that means constantly pushing
0: ourselves. I think that also adds to the fun, getting to see the, the evolutionary process. I, well, I'm glad. I'm glad it works that way because oh, good, yes, we, we it could have gone
3: very badly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was always a distinct worry for us. Like, oh God, what if they just hate it? <clears throat> this isn't the same people. What? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I swear they are. Because like, if you look at the way we rend like we draw Charlie and Vita by issue six compared to those first five pages,
0: there's quite a lot of difference.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I. I. I definitely uh see what you're saying about the consistency, but I think at least for me personally, I, I like to see these characters as they're evolving, you know, visually and their look and, and things like that and the world around them. I think it's I think it's pretty cool.
1: Well, it's similar it's similar to like, you know, the pitch you know, like you said, the first five pages or whatever was the pitch. Well, you know, if you think about that as like the pilot of a sitcom where it's all you know very uh it's all sort of one way, and then throughout the the season or then like the rest of the show, things are weird sort of different characters of what they are of what they were
4: yeah, I mean a really good example is um, brooklyn nine nine like yes because like you know in that opening pilot, they had Boyle be incredibly creepy about his obsession with Rosa, and then yeah. they quickly realized that that turn was, it back turn it back that was a terrible idea. <laughs> And so then, like, you know, he spent half a season then, like, repairing that damage and stopping him from being weird about it.
0: Yeah. So I I have to ask this question, um, and I don't expect an answer, but I'd really love one. Are we ever going to see Vita and Charlie hook up? Oh, come on.
1: We are, right? Like, come on. Hey, hey, Ted Rupp, hey, come on. We're friends here. We're all, we're all pals. Well, if you look at Come my Twitter, on. you
3: can already see them hooking up. But yeah.
0: <laughs> oh well, then
3: I, I I've not done fan art for my own book. No. Who
4: does that? Yeah. Um. You definitely will see something. Both, both of them developing relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you any more spoilers than that. But both of them will be pursuing. Uh, sexy times and romantic stuff Not necessarily with the same people But um, Over the course of the book all right.
3: all right. Well apparently dangerous situations are very sexy But I wouldn't know I've never been in one So <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sheltered
0: Well You know I think, uh, I think we'd all rather not Have to go through what Charlie's going through Or Rita for yeah. that matter
4: Absolutely Expressible. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> How, what what message, if you guys could could sort of let our audience know anything about this book, anything that you really want to get out there about this book, um, about the future of this book, about this trade, what what would that be, if anything?
4: Well, I mean, you know, I hate to be crass, but the future of the book is the more people buy the trade, the more we can make new new issues. Like, fair. fair enough. You know, I mean, as as far as the trade itself, it's it's a it's the book. It, yeah, you know, of everything we've done so far, it's the book I'm most proud of. Mm. You know, we've given it our all on the Everyone's given it our all on on the art. Chris's writing is fantastic, and also Chris has done an amazing job designing the trade mm. as a whole. Mm. Yeah, like I don't know. Um, yeah, for anybody who likes the idea of crowded, who's listening, who's been listening to this and hasn't read it yet, then I mean it's the same old story. Doesn't matter how you buy a comic, but if you do buy it, then that make yeah every sale makes it easier for the people to keep making. Absolutely, and you yeah, know if you can't, then that's fair, totally fair, but consider getting it out from the library because mm. that also helps. Really? Yeah.
3: Apparently there's like a money oh, yeah. thing.
4: Yeah, Like I mean, I, d- I don't know exactly how it works in America, but I imagine it's probably similar, which is like in the UK, you um, any book that you're listed as an author on, you can basically submit a form to the central library system. And then anytime someone checks it out, you get a small royalty that mm. the library pays you.
1: Libraries do buy the book, you know, like in general. So, even that is makes sense. Um, I am gonna I'm gonna pick up my trade next week in Cologne, Cologne, Germany. Twanky. There's a big uh, fandom convention that I'm. Uh, it's like an academic conference or something that I'm going to with uh, with my wife, and it's gonna be terrible. But I'm gonna read crowded, so
4: that will help.
0: Awesome, uh, Ro. Did you have any sort of, you know, message or anything about the book that you wanted to leave people with?
3: Please buy it. That's about <laughs> it. He's <laughs> basically said everything. There's not much more to add. We're having fun doing it. Please buy it so we can keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, we uh, want to finish a story. Yeah,
4: uh, uh, yeah. If you like um, queer themes, action movie violence, and dogs, yeah, and. <laughs> Ridiculous dogs, then at the very least, you owe it to yourself to check out an issue and you should probably buy the, the trade because it's fun. We're, we're, we're putting everything we've got into this
0: and I think it's paying off. I agree. Uh, I think that there really isn't much better that you can be doing with your $10 if you're in a comic book store and looking to pick up a trade. Um, this is, it really is a great book uh, by a great creative team who Mm. are clearly putting everything they have into it. And I think that uh, you really can't do better than that. So uh, I I don't think there's a reason not to try and and pick up the trade and give it a shot. The first trade, if you don't, you know, if you don't like it, all right, but you're going to like it. So, uh, you know, plunk down your 10 bucks and then wait impatiently like the rest of us for the book to resume.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's also, like, real good value because... You get over 200 bouncy dicks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is value.
4: Because, you, you know, it, no matter which way you look at it, it's good value. Because it's six issues where, like, the usual is five or six. So it's, you know, on the upper end for for a trade. But each issue <clears throat> is, is minimum 24 pages, maximum 28. So there's a hell of a lot of content. So we cram a lot of panels in there. And... Panel count is terrifying because <laughs> I think over those six issues we it probably hit oh yeah. It's
3: over a thousand.
4: Yeah, it's well over a thousand panels. Which sure. means
3: maybe like like twelve hundred or something. Yeah.
4: Panels. So I think I think it's gonna be like I think the trade's gonna be um thirteen dollars. So that means that like you're paying <clears throat> like a centre panel, which is Probably some of the best value comics you're going to get. Ah, huh.
3: keeping the toilet paper home
4: to places. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the paint, in the it's a a
3: panel. Little tiny toilet roll bits.
4: Be, be careful. I do what I'm saying. No. do <laughs> do it. Do
3: it. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on.
0: Well, uh, I don't think that you guys could have sold this book any better. Uh, well, I mean... Well... <laughs> Well, I mean, not, we, not to oh, me. You know what my
3: abilities are, and it's not this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, not no, a salesperson.
0: This is this is what showcases the fun, the book, <laughs> right? This personality that you guys are experiencing, listening to this, this gets injected into the page. You can feel it. It's it's there. It's present in the book, and I think everybody's going to enjoy it. So. I, I'm really, I really want to do a big push because I, I believe in the book. I think it's fun. Mm. I think people will enjoy it. So definitely go check it out. Um, before we let you guys go, I did want you guys to let the people out there know where they can find you on social media, uh, where they can pick up some of your original art, things like that.
3: Well, um, my Twitter is rosytintedspecs. Yours yep. is...
4: 10 underscore bandits.
3: I'm also on Instagram at rostein01.
4: I'm on Instagram, but don't use it. It's more of a looking than posting for me. But um, I
3: barely use it, but it's still there.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our website is Brandt and Stein, all in words, dot com. So, um, Brant is B-R-A-N-D-T, Stein is S-T-E-I-N. And... Yeah, I mean, if you go there, then there's pages should be Yeah, it's got links to Comicsology purchasing for all of crowded and um, it's got currently three issues of original art. And we're hoping to upgrade that and put the rest of the art the first arc on over the coming weeks. And, you know, if anybody is tempted by that, then um, each Page bought will come with um, a signed copy of the
0: issue, issue that, that it's
3: from.
0: While stocks last,
3: as long that's yeah, as yeah, while stocks last, yeah,
0: right, awesome. We well, a lot of
3: comics under the
4: bed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just Sign other people's comics.
4: <laughs> hey, like, yeah. I, we I barely own any physical comics anymore. And if you think I'm uh, I'm signing my first uh, my first print of Infinity Gauntlet to send out to someone. You are very much mistaken. I mean, listen, I'm
1: just saying if I'm paying for the art, I will pay the extra for a, a Ted Brandt signed first edition Infinity Gauntlet. That's all I'm saying.
0: I think we all would. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, no, thank you guys so much for joining us. We It's always a pleasure. Um, we appreciate you guys coming on and I can't wait to see more from Crowded.
4: Yes, well, thank you. Um,
3: it's only getting weirder.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> issue Issue Seven will be out in June,
4: and then it'll be the standard image thing of you know one per month. And as far as I'm aware, the tr- the second trade will be hitting in December.
0: Okay. Well, we'll have to have you guys back on to talk about the the second arc and all the insanity that will ensue. No,
1: that seems like. That seems like too long. You you
0: guys come back before that. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what it the door? The door is open. Thank you guys again for joining us, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Yeah. Yes.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Us.
0: All right. So that was fun. I uh, always love having Ted and Ro here on the show. Um, they are they are an eclectic bunch, but uh, they're also very fun, and their book's good. So, um, speaking of books. Let's get into our pals pulls here. Uh, from Marco, we've got Beasts of Burden, Wise Dogs. What's this?
2: Uh, this is a. So, Beasts of Burden is actually like a series written by Evan Dorkin. And currently, it's being drawn by Benjamin Dewey, who I actually know from um, uh, The Autumnlands with Kurt Busiek. And it's basically about like animals and their attempts to live their lives in just like in the like this forest. Um I haven't read the I have the first series and I haven't like like dove into it. Um but this is like another continuation to that story that I wanna just add to the collection and be able to like read uh all at once. So I'll have to report back on it, but I know that I just from the art and sort of the what I've seen in previews and the story overall, um I'm gonna be a fan of this book. Like it's up my alley.
0: Awesome, man. That that's that's very cool. Um, I <laughs> I might need to look into it. Cause uh, it, it was so funny.
2: Um, we'll get a peek behind the wait, peek behind the kimono, right? Right, uh, Kale. Before the show, and <laughs> we were talking about it. Uh, and and uh, and Ted goes, "Oh yeah, I've been dorking." Right? I was like, "Hell yeah, Ted! What?" A, oh
0: yeah i i was the only uh the only moron who didn't know, <laughs> who didn't know anything about it. they're like oh yeah dark horse right oh <laughs> oh yeah no I, um, I
2: think you'd be into it it's it's supposed to be like a horror book as well so like i think it'd be it'd be for you as well
0: well you know me i love horror and you're a furry so okay that's uh go. that's not true let's not even put that on me okay um So, Kale and I both actually chose the same book, Spider-Man Life Story, number one. Kale, why don't you talk about it?
1: Sure. So, this is uh, Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley um, taking on Spider-Man throughout his life um, as though it were happening in real time. So, each issue is a a decade of Spider-Man's life. um, And number one, I think, is the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to this book. This is something that um, I have always found interesting in uh, in superheroes is is the way time works and and how uh, the 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 series changes and how the character changes and grows, even though their book doesn't really happen in real time. I think it's I want to say I want to say it's Javier. Pulido has a series of covers that are, um, and they very well could be um, variants for this book, but uh, has a, a series of art pieces that are uh, indicative of, of Spider-Man very similar, similarly to this book. So like the eighties, he has his black suit and he's, you know, fighting like the Sandman Manor or whatever. Um in the seventies, you know, he's saving Gwen Stacy, and um, anyway, very excited about this book.
0: Yeah, likewise. Um, normally, I don't really get off too too much on like alt history type stuff. Um, obviously, this book is gonna is gonna follow the the path of Spider Man. Uh, throughout the years, but things will have to be slightly different because he's aging in real time. So um, I'm invested in the creative team. These are two of you know the best creators ever, and um, I, lo- I love the concept this time around. So I am definitely going to be picking this up, and I'm excited to check it out.
2: Yeah, this was a book that uh, I, I was interested in uh, as well when we like first touched upon a premise. So I'm yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to pick it up too. Yeah, it doesn't get much
1: better than Bagley on art. For Spider Man, especially exactly, he's a Spider Man vet.
2: He did uh, Ultimate,
1: Ultimate, and he did a lot of time on Spider Man.
0: Uh, well before that, too. Hmm. So yep, uh, we have so much to talk about. This this week exploded with news, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it was Wednesday I, or Thursday. I sat down, you know, to like do uh, pre work and i was like oh you know kind of a light week we'll you know we'll do the interview and uh you know and, and, and that's about it no wrong uh <laughs> so I, we're gonna we're gonna start with something that dropped for us last night it's saturday this dropped friday um the shocking news that ezra miller and grant morrison Oh, this shocking news! <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shocking news, but that Ezra Miller and Grant Morrison are writing the Flash movie together. This is this is mind blowing. So, this is go ahead, Marco.
2: I was going to say, has has Grant ever written Flash?
0: Oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, like in
2: his own, like his own solo series and all that. Yeah, yeah oh really it's
1: not like uh it it I wouldn't say it's one of his like seminal runs okay you know, it was it was fairly early on in his career probably uh, uh mid nineties I would bet okay ninety
0: four is what comes to mind I don't know if that's true or not sounds sounds uh in the ballpark um the way that this article is written over on The Hollywood Reporter, uh, it gives the impression that there's a clock on this movie and on Ezra Miller's involvement. Now, Ezra has been very upfront about how much he wants to make a Flash movie and how much he wants to do it justice. Ezra Miller really wants to make this movie, but Warner, they have a tone that they want to go with, um, and it's more of a, a light A lighter tone, whereas Ezra feels that this movie needs to be a little bit darker. Uh, He kind of wants to, um, I I guess you could say, you know, trend a little closer to the source material and and treat it with seriousness isn't the right word because Aquaman is a serious movie, but it's still very fun. Um, Just, you know, not as, he doesn't want it to be as light as Aquaman or as Wonder Woman. Well, Wonder Woman's dark too, but you get the point. Um, and so he's he's decided I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try this myself. They've hired him to write the movie, and they hired Grant Morrison to help him do it. Uh, and apparently, his option to reprise the role of Flash in this film actually expires in, I believe, May. Oh, yeah it it, it, ex, it expires in May. So, if they can't get this movie together, then we may not get Ezra Miller reprising his role as The Flash.
2: Like, they won't renegotiate his contracts?
0: Um, I I mean, I guess they still could. But yeah, they... they,
1: I, I don't think the option wouldn't be there. It's just whether or not he would want to do it.
0: Right, because I get the impression, based on, you know, this article, and the fact that, you know, we have known... For years that this movie has been, you know, struggling to get mm-hmm. made, he could, you know, it's possible he might just be kind of over it. Uh, it's also possible that Warner might be over it because again, he doesn't want to make the movie that they want to make. Um, uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, uh, they worked on Spider-Man: Homecoming and and uh, you know some some movies like that. They're the ones that are that are enlisted to to write this film. And again, you know, their vision is in line with Warner's Ezra's is not. So what do you guys make of this?
1: It's 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 weird that this is sort of where the dc film universe is. (laughs) Right? Like this will be the second actor that's sort of in this position. I don't, you know, this wasn't Ben Affleck's position necessarily, but he was you know, he was gung-ho to write the Batman film, and he he was gonna be in it, and he was gonna direct it, and and now Ezra Miller is trying to do something similar, and it's like I feel like I feel like there's a tone that they're beholden to that doesn't work, or it doesn't uh, a tone that they're trying to achieve that doesn't doesn't match what works, you know. I like. I don't. I don't think the Flash needs to be a a dark and gritty character. So it's it's weird to me that that's his vision for this care for this character.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I read this that way. Um, and again, they use the word darker. Uh, who knows how much? How how much they want well, like, to what, lean what into that. that. Means. Exactly. Yeah,
2: like what that extent is.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Because the Flash that we saw in Justice League certainly isn't like a dark character. Right. But there is the element of his dad being in prison. There's the element of, you know, the murder of his mother. Like those are things that they have to deal with. And I don't know where Warner is on that. You know, if they really want to make, uh, if they want to make, Lighter movies, if that's the goal, do you can you deal with that stuff?
2: I I feel like uh, at least in the sort of in the interviews that Ezra's had and his approach to the character, he's like he's invested in it in, in the sense that he like he's having fun doing it. At least that's the sort of reception I've gotten um, or perception that I've gotten. And this feels like him sort of jumping in to want to continue. I don't know, like he wants to keep the ball rolling on it. And so, like bringing in that name of Grant Morrison to like help co-write, it, it it adds to that feeling of okay, we're we're still in motion, we're still trying to do something here, and we've enlisted, you know, Ezra trying to jump on it because he isn't he does uh, like this character, and we're trying to bring in a more a larger comics flair. So let's bring in Gmo. Uh, I don't know. It feels like a concentrated message to kind of just be like, hey, this is still happening, um, but I don't know. I mean that's the message who knows how much of that is actually like being done in the back and like behind the scenes.
0: Right. I am all in on the idea of a flash movie, you know, co-written by Grant Morrison. I think that is really cool. Um, I've actually been wanting to read him on the flash and I know that that's happened, but I, I just, you know, I wasn't an activated reader at the time, and it never—it's not come across me, you know, uh, his run. So maybe this will inspire me to go pick that up. But I think that Grant Morrison could do some really cool things with that character. I don't know what Ezra Miller's writing chops are. I have no idea, and that's where my concern is. You know, um,
1: is this a is this a Grant Morrison flash film? With Ezra Miller's name on it, or is it an actual collaboration?
0: Right, and 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 you know, not to say that these are exactly the same thing, but Ben Affleck just tried to crack Batman and he couldn't do it. You know, mm. um, and Ben Affleck actually has a history of directing of writing. So, you know, I I I know that Ezra Miller is very attached to this character, but. In light of what just happened, I don't have all the confidence in the world. But given that you know this whole thing kind of is on a t- on a clock, I don't think it's gonna be long before we hear more about this. So definitely something to track. Up next, we've got an update on a controversial story that we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, those of you who have been following us or maybe you saw it on your own somewhere the story of second coming the the comic book um and how it was being worked on at dc um and they
2: pussed out
0: (laughs) that's one way to put it uh and then they they canceled it they they told him look you know we can't publish it the way it is
2: that's a nice Um, way to say it john
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) well you know um because of some of the imagery and, and, you know, whatever, whatever the reasons were, DC decided to cancel the book. There was, a, there was a whole petition, an online petition, and Fox News even talked about it and, you know, all that kind of crap. So no longer DC, last word we heard was that they would be finding a new publisher. And as it turns out, that has happened because this book, Second Coming, will be published by Ahoy Comics this summer.
2: Yeah, this this was cool. Um, so Ahoy popped up on my radar like a couple months back because they've been publishing this one character. They only recently
1: popped up as a publisher, right? Like they haven't been around that long.
2: Yeah, I think it's been maybe two years. Um, and oh,
1: that's even longer than I thought it would be.
2: Yeah, I think it was early two thousand seventeen that they started, um, and they launched with Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man. Okay. So uh, that's a. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think like. I've
1: actually heard that's crazy good.
2: Yeah, I, I've heard similar uh, similar things. So like, I only know them because of that. And so this bringing like a name like Mark Russell, um, and then also an infamous book from DC, like that's gonna bring like a lot of at least Starlight to this publisher. And I mean, hopefully that'll help build them up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a book that has a lot of recognition right now because of everything that went down. And so I think this is kind of a win-win because in the article here, actually by the New York Times, which is pretty cool. um, Yeah. You know, Mark Russell, who's writing this, talks about uh, how the version that would have come out at DC was going to be watered down. And he didn't want that. Huh. Uh, in fact, uh, they, they, they just describe... I'll, I'll read a little bit from it. Um, DC had requested some changes, like less coarse language and adding fig leaves to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden that are no longer necessary. While Russell was ready to make them, he knew more would be coming. And then a quote from Russell. That's what made me realize this was going to slowly turn into a more watered-down version of what I had originally envisioned.
2: Hell yeah.
0: Interesting. I'm excited for this book.
2: Mm-hmm. Same. He he's a he's a writer that always has like a message or like he has something to say, and he he does it really really well. So I'm super excited for this.
0: Yeah. Um. And knowing now that we're gonna get the unadulterated version of this right. book, that's what I want. And even though it, look, it's easy to come down on DC for. You know requesting changes or whatever they decided to do which especially when when one of the changes is the fig leaves you can definitely no longer make the argument um not that anyone here was making this argument but just in general that
2: there aren't boobies oh
0: <laughs> you can't make the argument that this wasn't affected by uh batman damned you know no. bat penis oh yeah this that's that's clear to me now um so, but the good thing that DC did do was they gave them the rights back to publish this elsewhere. That's not something that they legally had to do. It would have looked bad, but they didn't have to do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a cool move.
0: Yeah, I feel like we did talk about that. No, we did. Uh, I'm just saying that there were people online making the argument that um, this was due to the, just strictly the pressure of Fox. And one of the things that we talked oh, about oh, on this oh, right, show was right, right. just that you know. There was the Batman damned element to it, so right, right. Um, but yeah, something to look forward to this summer. I don't see a release date otherwise, other than just this summer. So very cool. This next story is another one that I think is really interesting, and I'm I'm actually so glad that I have you two with me to talk about this because um, this so is Pete a unique- Phil's
1: opinions are
0: garbage <laughs>
4: well
0: i don't know that we needed the master the east master for this particular <laughs> story uh this is this is more of a western if you will uh so legion m is a an entertainment company that's like fan owned and, and operated um and apparently they're actually behind the Jane and silent bob reboot um Huh. Yeah, that's which is very interesting in and of itself. Uh, but they're working on their first comic book, which is called Girl With No Name. Mm-hmm. Now, what's really interesting about this is that they're also working on a feature film for this comic book. Um, and they have a whole article on Sci-Fi Wire, uh, well, sci-fi.com, um, and it talks about the Kickstarter campaign. For the comic, but it also talks about how, if you pledge, there's a possibility you could be part of the development process of the movie, and that's really the thing that I kind of want to focus on. We can talk about what the book is. Um, so essentially, it's a, it's it's kind of a, a you know typical western revenge story um, with a. May, the main character is has no name apparently she's simply called the girl um and it just tells her story of how she became a gunslinger and uh different things like that so uh sort of what you what you would imagine um and the art's actually really cool i don't know if either one of you got a chance to check it out yeah really it, really nice yeah um this is actually a book i could see myself buying Quite frankly, it's a really, really good-looking book, and I like the premise. Um, but I, I really want to talk about this. Go ahead. The
1: covers are by uh, Tula Lote. She's great. Yeah, yeah. What, is, she,
2: what is what is she doing?
1: She. Uh, I could. I. I, and I wish Pete was here to tell me. Wasn't she behind the art on Rat Queens? I could be very wrong. My iPad just died, so I don't. I don't know anyway her her art and the covers are incredible so
0: yeah th- this this is a this is a, a gorgeous book um just from what we've seen so far and i i i can't wait to check it out um now when you look at the when you look at the kickstarter for this which is up right now um one of the things that is offered on several, I th- maybe almost every pledge level, is founding fan status, which uh, they list as an invitation to development meetings. That what, does that, go what ahead. does that mean?
2: Like as like as having meetings about stuff that's going on within the film, like a production right. timing or like whatever, whatever details of the production. That's what you'll be talking about.
0: Yeah, uh, and and in the article, so in the in the article over at Sci-Fi Wire, they 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 say this. Um, uh, Terry Lubaroff, who is the COO of for Legion M, says the following. Offering comic book pre-sales through Kickstarter gives our fans greater flexibility in choosing how they want to experience the Girl With No Name franchise. Whether choosing between digital or print versions of the comic book and selecting which cover they want, to participating in virtual development meetings for the film project, this campaign is the ultimate way to empower a passionate community of comic book and film lovers. We want to give fans, our most important team members, a stake in the outcome of their franchise by giving them a seat at the table so they and let us know how we are doing. Now, the big question for me is, is this even smart to be doing? Um,
1: (laughs) Uh, On face value, I don't think so.
0: (laughs) Right. It seems like it... Because, look, fans are fans, and we know... That there's a lot, there are a lot of entitled fans. We talk about that all the time. We know there are a lot of people who, you know, uh, think that think that they should have say so on how things go. Um, And this feeds into the worst element of those kinds of people. Um, And also, fans don't necessarily know what they want, in the sense that they don't necessarily know what makes a story good or understand that on a fundamental level. So if this is more than just getting a behind the scenes look at the production of this movie, that I don't think that's very smart.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I'm assuming it's going to be like a seat to listen and get those little tidbits of info that you wouldn't hear anywhere else. But if they're going to be inputting, that's going to put, that's going to damage the ultimate production.
0: And, you know, this this message from, from Terry it reads like a, a, you know, this is PR speak 101, right? Like, um, girl with no name franchise, right? um, So maybe we're, maybe the, the actual offering won't be what they say it is. You know, there's a very good chance that they're not actually going to let you have a stake in the outcome of the franchise. um, But again, if this is what they're doing, I don't I don't think that's particularly wise. And again, it's every single pretty much every single pledge level offers that. So, I don't know. That's kind of worrisome.
1: Yeah, I don't I guess I I guess I just don't get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like 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 one I, you know, I think I'm still on that face value of like why would you want to do that? Right. Not not as like a fan, but as like the people making this movie. It's just like, that sounds terrible.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like making movies is hard enough. You're going to have your people opine as well.
0: Ugh. Exactly. You're going to deal with it when the film releases on Twitter, right? You're going to deal right. with it when the trailer comes up. Do you really want to be dealing with that in the production meetings? You know, like From do you really one. want- <laughs> And, yeah, so, yeah, I'm not a fan
2: of the title. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's the thing, this? if
1: they're if they're big enough that they're making you know, if they've got like I mean they're making they're making the Jay and Silent Bobbery boot, right? Like so they've they've at least got the Kevin Smith audience, which is already huge. You know, if they're if if even that section of fandom uh donates to this kickstarter like that's a lot of that's a lot of people and if it's not like and if this is at like you know like every level like you say sean like that's i mean that's potentially everybody like
2: yeah i mean it it is everybody and uh i, I looked up at the the Kickstarter, it, it already beat out its goal of six thousand. It's at fifty five K right now. And there's like a thousand plus people who have backed onto that. And if it's at every level, that means you're gonna have a thousand people to corral for a meeting. No thanks.
0: What is what is that what does it mean? Like, <laughs> right. It, that's the that's the problem. Is like by the end of this campaign. It's. It has 33 days to go. By the end of this campaign, there will most likely be well over a thousand people that are involved, right? Yep. And so there's all there's already a thousand. It, it says 859. At least that's what I see. I don't know. if oh, okay. I don't know if Marco. different oh, things. But,
2: I clicked through. It's been updated since then.
0: Okay. Um, but that's. What do you how how do you manage that? We can do them in segments. Like, are you going to put out, like, a a video drop that they can download or something? I know you can do that kind of thing through Kickstarter. Maybe it'll be something like that, but that's not what's promised. So they're kind of putting themselves in a weird position because if you don't give Mm -hmm. people the access that you're saying you will, which is not just a video, it's authority. You're telling people they're going to have authority over what happens in the movie. And a producer credit. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, l- this is what it says. So, the founding fan status gets you access to online development meetings and Q&A with the creative team, exclusive updates, plus the ability to share your feedback and come along for the ride as we attempt oh, to take Girl With No Name <laughs> from comic books to the big screen. What I just described right now is exactly what we said sounds terrible.
1: Like, yeah, like mostly it just sounds like a bad time. Mm-hmm. Well, like, regular Kickstarter stuff. But with, like, one extra step of being able to offer feedback. And because I, like, I don't... They've got to have a hell of a plan. I don't understand <laughs> what they're offering here. Yeah. That's not, you know... Because, like, I've, I've done Kickstarters where, you know, for, like, an album or something. Where you get, like, the regular updates from... You know the band, and sometimes they'll sit around and they'll do a a, a you know a a, a live Q and A on Google Hangouts or whatever. Yeah, that's one thing for sure. But then you have but then you have like the chance to offer feedback and like what? That's a th- right now. That's a thousand people. So what are you gonna give them like a Google form to fill out? <laughs> How many of those are gonna be shitty? Trolls like oh you should make the you should make it a boy with no name.
0: Right, right, right. Who even needs that? I mean you're gonna get you're gonna get douchebags and I just don't I, I don't know. I'm not uh <laughs> I'm not getting this this picture here. But what is what's weird about it is that this strange approach to Kickstarter is attached to what I think is actually gonna be a really good comic. Yeah. Or at least what looks like a really good comic.
2: That looks good.
1: I yeah, I mean the comic looks fine. Right? <laughs> like that'll come out and be good probably. Like
0: yeah. So we'll see. Uh, it's 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 odd, but um, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Either way, if it's a disaster, I'm down for that too. I'm actually gonna I'm, I'm gonna uh, pledge to this because I want to see what the hell they're offering. See how it works, Marco. Nope. We should pledge. Let's go. Yeah, I'm gonna get in on that uh, that ten dollar deal. I want the I want one of these covers.
2: I of the shirts.
0: Oh yeah, the shirts are actually nice. You guys should check out this Kickstarter. Girl with no way. What, what are the uh, what are the uh, pledge things for ten dollars? Um, you just get the founding status, and you get a PDF, or you can get the physical with a with a, your choice of cover. Oh. Um. So yeah, that's that's that. Very interesting. Now, instead of doing a traditional main topic on this show, because there is so much to talk about from Marvel, we're going to do a Marvel block.
1: we go going to do a Marvel rock block.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> a, 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 a A thing thing. A, a Marvel thing thing. A
0: thing thing. Okay. Great description. <laughs> Um, there, there really is a ton to talk about. We're going to start with the trailer for Avengers Endgame. This is the second trailer that they've put out. Um, And I think that the reaction to this trailer was actually better than the reaction to the first one. How would you guys feel about this trailer?
2: This was the only one that I think left me with questions. Hmm. This is the only one that actually wasn't just okay this is the events that are happening this is the one that actually made me go oh huh right. okay uh, outside of needing the trailers I, I don't really I'm gonna watch this I'm an activated uh, consumer of these films so it didn't do anything from that standpoint but in terms of as an activated uh, consumer of this like it turned me in into the at least the story a little bit more because of what I was able to seize out
1: Right. Yeah, this this one felt better because it wasn't just we've been doing this for ten years and
0: you've been watching
1: every second of it, and now it's gonna end.
0: <laughs> um we did see Captain Marvel in the trailer. Yeah. Uh it was alluded to earlier by Ted and Ro that there was some controversy surrounding her appearance. Uh I don't wanna spoil the Captain Marvel movie for anybody because I'm sure that there are people listening who haven't seen it, but um, based on the movie, it makes a lot of sense why she's in the trailer now, why they're spoiling that the way they are. Uh, That's all I'll say. And Phil had a critique that it felt weird that they were giving away her first appearance, you know, that, that, that they're giving away her first appearance like this. And I think what I got out of the trailer is that there is no big, you know, fight where she arrives. I, I actually think she just kind of responds so, to the alert yeah, that she, she just sees. Pops in. Right. But everything is over. Mm-hmm. She's late to the party. I think, I think that's fine. Yeah.
1: I think that's fine. I, I'm glad there's not going to be a fight. I'm happy. I'm, that, that's exactly I'm ti- what I was saying, you know. I'm tired of seeing these assholes fight each other. <laughs> Listen. Fight a fight a goddamn villain.
0: Oh, oh, I see what you mean. No, 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 no. Like, that she would come and rescue them in the middle of a fight.
1: Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I thought you were saying they were going to fight her. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested in that. That'd Thank you horrible. very much. Put, put that away. Take it back to the trash can where you found it.
0: No, there. You know, there's just this this idea that, or at least the expectation that she would come in and you know clean house. You know that she would rescue them in a critical moment. Uh, that was something that we talked about on the Captain Marvel review, which you can go check out the uh, film review, which we actually had Jess on, which was super cool. Um, but that was something that we talked about there, and clearly based on this trailer, that's not happening. So my question, based on that is how long has she been here because we do see her in the makeup we see her in the tank top and uh, you know we'll talk about the criticism of that in a second but it gives me the impression that she's getting comfortable it it
1: i don't know about that and and will we can talk about that here in a second but i i do feel like in the trailer i do feel like there is time that has passed uh because you do see um black widow's hair change from when uh Captain Marvel shows up to the events of the trailer um so i I think there is a uh, an amount of time that has
0: passed I've seen it floated that there may have been as as many as five years
2: wow i I was expecting, like, maybe max a year. Um, yeah. Because because my that, assumption that is... That seems wild. Yeah, I, I mean, my my assumption is... An, yeah, so, like, she has to, like, appear in order to uh, kind of save the day. So, like, that time frame, I think, makes sense based off of where sort of the... Yeah, like, I, I think it makes sense post-Captain Marvel. Um which is why I, I think that five year gap might be a little much, but maybe like a year I think that makes sense.
0: Especially because like we know that Tony Stark is in space, right? And we know that he- eating he's...
2: ass
0: <laughs> 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 That's been quite a meme, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, tremendous. But we know he's <laughs> in space and he can't survive in space for five years. He probably can't survive in space for you. Know, one year. So oh if he if he gets he's not gonna die in space, right? So if he gets out of that situation, does he then like get marooned on some planet because he can't be gone for that long? There's no way. It's not you can't explain that. So either it's not gonna be very long at all, or Tony Stark gets finds himself in a situation somewhere else. You know, because the first thing he's gonna do is find the Avengers on Earth, right? That's what he would be seeking out. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that long. Yeah, me neither. But to talk about the trailer and then we'll talk about the controversy. Uh, I enjoyed the trailer, but I'm not sure what I saw.
3: Yeah. yeah,
1: it's for for me. It seemed like the first ten minutes of the movie or something like. Which is what they keep saying that it's only that. Yeah, because like. I even uh, this this trailer does what I complained about uh, Infinity War doing. It basically it tells us that you know Tony Stark gets back to Earth because we see him you know walking in the lineup with the rest of the Avengers in the the hot new suits. Wait, do but we? we? No, we don't. But we,
2: but we knew that, no.
1: Is he definitely in that? I'm ninety percent sure he is.
2: Well, now, I think
0: uh, now I'm gonna look it up. I'm watching uh, it uh, currently. Go ahead, Marco.
2: I think for me, like the trailer itself. He is. He's there.
1: Yeah, he is. right he is. <laughs> uh,
2: I think like for me, the trailer uh, as a trailer was fine. Um, outside of what it sort of just teased at the end, the black and white I kind of threw me off because
1: the suits. No, no, no! Like oh, the the, the beginning of it.
2: Yeah, like the aesthetic that they chose there. I don't know. That kind of threw me off. I'm not used to seeing Marvel in that sort of, uh, in like in that. I, it's always like a lot more brighter and co- more colorful, which is I, I think for me was interesting just because you know it you realize just how colorful Marvel has been recently. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it was structured like okay, it 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 teased out the end well. Um, but i mean outside of that it was all right
0: i i like the black and white just because it showcases like hey this is what you know this is what happened before you know like it, it, yeah
1: but with the with the the red parts in it specifically uh you see uh captain America's gloves um as Bucky disappears and they're 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 what's highlighted as red and for me that was a, a point of like you can you can take that like there's uh, there's blood on on the avenger's hands um but like other than that i don't really get what else you were supposed to take from that
0: mm-hmm. i don't think because it was it's also
1: good. it's also in the uh the flag at whatever funeral i assume it's uh peggy's funeral uh that cap is uh carrying the the casket at.
0: i think it's probably a stylistic thing, in a lot of ways. Um, I think it looks cool because those are all obviously flashback sequences. Um, if I had to read into it at all, I would say you're probably right in terms of like there's blood on their hands, like they've lost, they've they've endured losses, and this is what they have to avenge. You know, um, that's that's my best bet. There are some other. Really interesting moments though in the trailer that I don't want to—I don't want to like miss out on talking about. Um, so first of all, Peggy has a, uh, a narration in this, and as far as I know, that's new dialogue. Did you guys catch that? So she. I think it's her speaking over the sequences that we see, you know, where Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers, is like seeing himself in the reflection, and he sees that he doesn't fit uh, the the height of the soldiers. The flashback scene from uh, First yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a a woman speaking with a uh, an accent, and I assume that that is Peggy. Um, and, and if it is, that's got to be new dialogue, and it causes me to question how are, how was she. Where's that coming from? Um, so that was one thing I noticed. Another thing I noticed is Hawkeye uh, shooting arrows with, I presume, his daughter. I think it's his daughter.
1: There's a lot of people saying it's Kate Bishop, and I think that's a load of
0: shit. Well, this would, that's the thing though. This would be post snap. Or, I'm sorry, that scene would be pre snap. So if there has been you know, a five-year gap, then that would make sense because they're going to... Presumably, these characters are going to come back, right? So the question becomes, do they come back as they were? Do they come back aged? Are they not even dead? So is it possible that they're aging wherever they are? Lots of questions. Um, Obviously, no answers. We also see uh, Ant-Man walking around. Yes. um, and hes stuff, yeah he he clearly is like coming into this, like, oh man, you know, he's seeing posters and stuff about what took place. he obviously doesn't know what happened,
1: man, I would watch I would watch an Avengers end game that was just
0: that that was just Paul
1: Rudd walking around trying to figure out what's going on by
0: himself as an <laughs> quite, quite frankly i I think that that's that's like what I want out of this movie, not Paul Rudd walking around necessarily, but like. I'm hyped to see these characters dealing with the aftermath
2: mm-hmm. I feel and like I think, that might be the, the sorry what I I feel like that might be the the intro to the movie yeah like taking en- him our, out
1: our entry point
2: right right like yeah experiencing it brand new as if it had never happened as like that reminder that it's this impactful
0: right. I, I, I love the, the meme you brought up about Tony Stark, Marco. but I think the f- my favorite thing that I saw... <laughs> <laughs> my Chris. favorite thing is... Uh, oh, you like that, too?
2: So- Damn, Sean Kinky.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Got an <Maybe>. ass-eating furry. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what I saw that I thought was funny was about Hawkeye. It was saying, you know... Um, uh, it's something to the effect of, yeah, his family died and he's depressed, but he still found the time to hit up Washington Heights and find a Dominican barber to do nah. his haircut. And you look, I mean, his haircut is so funny because he's got his edges done and then it's like... So, oh <laughs> So bad. I literally know people who have their hair like that. Like that. How did you find the time? Who did this for you? Like half the Dominicans are dead. You know, he's
1: he's he's fucking he's doing it out of anger. (laughs) Just Ah. (laughs) lightly teasing the the mohawk in a very certain way. I'm so mad. My family's dead.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. Um, He he looks like it looks like an album cover. So Um, bad. And uh, then, of course, the other, the other thing is, um, is the suits that they're wearing at the end. These, like, white suits. Uh, we don't quite know what they mean, but I think there are two and only two options in my mind. Because these are, they're not going to wear these suits. Um, it's not like they're a new uniform. I think it's either these are the suits that they need to use to go into the quantum realm... Or these are the suits that they need to wear to go to space.
2: But what do you need to go to the quantum realm for?
0: Time. Time travel.
2: But th- Time travel. That's not how that works!
0: Why not? Uh, dog, you ain't never read a comic book? Uh, i buy uh, the space one. We've only seen characters in Ant-Man-esque suits go into the quantum realm. So... It's possible, and I would say likely, that to survive there at all, you have to have a specialized suit. Now, my problem with that theory is that unless a significant amount of time has passed, there's no way that they could have developed something like that because not one of them understands the quantum realm enough to whip it up in, you know, a couple of weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. But. Tony does come back and he also well not not even presumably he does come back with uh, Nebula and if they can even if they can even replicate what he's got in his Ant-Man suit then they're probably fine he'll probably just Tony Stark it up and it'll be fine
0: fair point Uh, as to the space option if they're going to space that's cool except that If if going to space isn't going to do them any good because they don't know where Thanos is and Mm. they don't need him. They need the gems and there's no gauntlet. The gauntlet's broken and they don't necessarily know that. So there's a lot of missing information on their part that leads me to believe that they're not going to space like that. That's not what this is. You know, I'm sure they'll end up there somehow, but that's not what this is.
1: A lot of lot of early rumors and early uh photography from the you know paparazzi photography from the movie have uh speculated that it's uh, time travel because uh we supposedly and this is assuming the the pictures that were floating around weren't from the original Avengers but we do see uh captain uh, america uh from the first avengers with a special like armband or something and Paul Rudd is there
0: yep yeah the time travel rumor has been around for a very 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 long time we've talked about it a lot on this show and to me it makes the most sense I think that's where they're gonna go um but to Marco's point it's kinda out there like it's a little it's a it's, it's, it's a little much um so and I, I think know. especially without Doctor Strange. Right. Yeah, exactly. Though,
1: though with the Quantum Realm angle, I don't
0: know. Yeah, it, I, the, I trust that the Russo's will figure it out. For yeah, me, right. yeah, it's just yeah. the Marco's reaction to that concept is how I think lots of people may feel. And I'm just wondering if Marvel has gotten to that level of bold. Which, you look at their movies, they're pretty bold. Um, I. I I think it's probably time. Cool, good. Like,
2: yeah, it I mean, might. It's, we. It's dumb, would, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> I would I would say the only thing we haven't gotten yet. Yeah, the only thing we haven't gotten yet is, like, uh, that the the scene in Infinity Gauntlet where they're just on a planet, duking it out with Thanos in. A place with no oxygen,
0: <laughs> like. So now we can we can talk about the controversy, because I think you know we have to. Uh, controversy is that in Captain Marvel, uh, Brie Larson's Carol Danvers character is really presented as not, you know, the makeup is not really uh, the, the focus. Her her body, her face, her that's not the focus of what they're showcasing
1: it's it's pretty minimal makeup
0: uh, yeah in general at least Maybe, it looks that way yeah yeah you know if you if you
1: think about it in terms of like a a regular person and not a character in a movie and this is just this is just me basing this off you know what I saw on the screen and being a, a dumb white guy it you know it looked like it could just be eye stuff, you
0: know. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, one thing that I've heard a lot over the years is that um, when men say, "Oh, uh, you know, you look great with no makeup," that like often, first of all, it's insulting, but second of all, um, often you're wrong about the lack of yeah, makeup. Off,
1: often it's quite a bit of makeup. Exactly. Like it takes.
0: There's a, that's a look in and of itself. Um, and so then the transition from Captain Marvel's look in the movie, in Captain Marvel, to her look in this trailer has a lot of people feeling like, oh well, why did she all of a sudden decide to put on all this makeup? And why did she all of a sudden decide to show her arms and wear this tank top? And you know, people some people aren't happy with that.
1: And this is a full face of makeup too. We're talking we're we're definitely talking eye stuff. We're talking blush we're talking i would assume some form of you know concealer uh lipstick like we're talking like a full face of
2: makeup where where are people seeing this like in the scene up?
1: the scene with thor
2: i don't know i didn't i didn't get that like did I you i didn't perceive it like that or like i, I, did I mean you? i saw her but like
1: are you sure you saw Because <laughs> it was the first
0: thing I noticed. So when I watched the trailer, I watched it with my girlfriend. And it was the first thing that I noticed, too. And I said, oh, it's funny that, you know, she gets to Earth. And the first thing she's trying to do is, you know, do her makeup. Um, and she made... She made some valid points. She said, A, um, that this is probably... That's absolutely not the first thing she did. And she said, B... Yeah, she put on that tank top first. (laughs) B, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. Even if she did choose to put makeup on and and whatever else. Um, And I read a lot of the discussion online on both sides of this argument and look i think i think it's equally as sexist to say that it's sexist to say how a woman should look on any level and um you can't you can't make the argument that captain marvel wouldn't wear makeup because that's actually not that's not true um in the comics even the the version of captain marvel right now that is you know, been handled primarily by 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 women um, over the last few years. You know, she looks. She, I mean, she the character wears makeup, and we've only seen her in one movie. So to say that there's this precedent for her to not wear makeup is ridiculous because there isn't. She's only appeared one time, and again, I'm I'm feeling like this is a little while into her being on Earth, and there's probably some some. Type of fish out of water sequence or feeling where she's getting familiar with the things that she doesn't know about because she didn't grow up, she doesn't have the memories of her life on earth and she doesn't know about certain things, and that might come into play. I don't think this is a case, I genuinely don't think this is a case of oh, it's the Russo brothers. Who decided? Because they're not the art directors anyway, right? Then it's the Russo brothers who decided. Okay, she needs to now be in tank tops and wearing full makeup and having straight hair. All
2: right, I see the makeup, the tank tops or whatever. Like that's whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't care. I think I. I think I
1: agree that this is based in a different time and we have only seen one movie I think I think the controversy is is that after after Captain Marvel which was a a, a film specifically depicting the female experience seeing her and this is the if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this is the first shot we see of her.
0: Uh if you've only seen the trailer.
1: Uh, that th- that's what I mean. The- this is the first shot we see of her in yeah. in uh, in this in trailer.
2: trailer. Yeah, in the trailer, yeah. Coming
1: out of that movie into this, uh that would be I think discouraging uh and sort of antithetical at at, at first glance. And based on what we don't know um and I think specifically because Captain Marvel is done by a female director
0: there was a male director as well, yeah,
1: but how many female
0: directors are on zero, Avengers? but you can't that's not one to one that that that's 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 not one i one. I
1: I'm not I'm not saying the Russo brothers ordered it but I am saying that on some level there is a difference there.
0: Yeah, but that difference doesn't like when Justice League came out and you saw the difference between how the Amazons were depicted in Wonder Woman versus Justice League, that was valid. Because they went from being these fully clothed badass women to, you know, ass shots, right? Um, Because there was sexualization there going on with how the camera was operating. You know, the camera was working in such a way that it intentionally caught a slight upskirt of Wonder Woman in Justice League, right? Wonder Woman is still sexy in both movies. That's not up for debate, but she was sexualized in Justice League, and that's a different thing. This is not that at all. A character and, and, go ahead. And I would say you're right,
1: but that's because we we've only seen this trailer.
0: Yeah, but but there's a rush towards immediate judgment. That's the problem I have. And I'm not saying you. I'm saying the no, sure. the internet. There's a there's a rush towards oh, she's wearing makeup fucking sexism. And that's ridiculous because women can do whatever they want. And I don't think that you can just—it's that's 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 as sexist as anything else. But that. I think, but I think
1: the thing is, it's the same as like, no, it's not the same. I would say it's very similar to men drawing female characters in ridiculous clothes that fit that barely fit their anatomy, their quote unquote anatomy. And then saying, well, it's the character's choice. Well, but you're a man making that choice for that character.
0: Y- yeah, but you're Man
2: Go ahead. I don't give enough a shit about this. I she agree. She's good. <laughs> she looks good. And if that's what that's the direction they wanted, hey man, cool. She I, wasn't wearing makeup in one film, she isn't the other. I mean I'm, if you gotta fap out about it, go do some shit. Like <laughs> we're done.
1: Like we're well, done. I think I think that could be part of the problem. <laughs>
0: Uh, i i obviously agree with the central point that Marco's making the only other thing i wanted to point out is that the Russo brothers are the only directors who have handled black widow that have not at all sexualized her in any way i agree uh every other director has done it and they haven't so i have that's faith. fair and
1: and again like you know this is only off the trailer I I think I think the point that I want to highlight about this controversy is is that it's it's timing. And that that particular scene that's that's what they chose to show first uh right after that movie. Yeah. You know, what it means and what it represents for the whole movie, I don't know.
0: I'm almost But I think good.
1: But I think for For this controversy, based on that timing in particular, I think that's what makes it questionable.
0: I'm almost 100% sure that nobody (laughs) at Marvel was thinking about how people would receive Captain Marvel having some lipstick on. I'm pretty confident in that. I think that's the problem. I don't. I don't think that's a problem. I think it's much to do but, about well, nothing.
1: But that's yeah. but that's what I'm saying is like that's what people are perceiving as the problem. Like, you know, nobody is, is thinking problem? about I think that's what people are perceiving as the problem is right. that nobody is thinking about that. Nobody is there repre- you know, representing that thought and that's the problem.
0: Yeah, I think um it's th-
1: similar similar to the the uh the Black Panther costuming. You know, it took a black director to go, "Hey, maybe we should get some some experts in, you know, some some black experts in the African wardrobe."
0: Yeah, but you're talking about I don't want to continue to talk about this much longer, but you're talking about the difference between an entire culture being represented properly versus whether or not a woman can wear lipstick in a movie.
1: What I, what I'm saying to for that point what I'm saying is it took someone specific to say that. And it took someone to be there to say that for them to realize, oh hey, yeah, maybe that's a problem.
0: That's a read. We don't know that. We 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 don't know that. Uh, what do you mean? We don't we don't know that, Kevin
1: Feige has said
0: that himself. Yeah, he but said, what I, what I'm saying is like it's not as if they it's not as if they were sitting around clueless, and then he came in and and they were and he was like, yeah, we should do this, and then they were like, oh, I never said they were sitting around clueless. Well, that's the implication. The implication is that is that um. Is that uh, what's the director's name? Ryan Coogler came in and was like, yeah, we got to do this. And there were all these white guys were like, oh, my God, you're so right. That's the I implication. Mean, but. But no, though, like I, like it's it's I, it's not the same. They got on Ryan Coogler so that he could do that. It's not it's 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 not as if they were bumbling right, fools. He until was he, came around.
1: he was that person to sit there and go, we need this. Ooh. That's. Well, yeah. That's what this needs. To, That's what people are complaining about for this. But,
0: all right, I don't want to talk about makeup anymore. If Captain Marvel's <laughs> going to wear makeup, she's going to wear it. And I think people need to get a life. This is not. This is I, not. A now, show. let me be clear. I agree with that. <laughs> so why the hell are we talking about this? Let's move on. Avengers trailer is good. Can't wait for the movie. April 26th, I think. I don't want to del- del- uh, belabor this particular news item because we. Uh, we do got to get out of here. Um, and also we're going to talk about it a lot next week. But insanely massive news about the Disney Fox deal. It is going to close next week or this week for you guys that are listening. Um, it, it's it's as good as done. Um, Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Yep. New uh, comic
2: book day. New company merger day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wednesday by 12.02 am allegedly uh and that's, that's coming from disney yeah that is is that twelve oh two.
2: right it's like at this time and signed
0: not 1201 not 12 on the dot 1202 um this is obviously a massive deal lots of things are going to be affected by this uh I, I saw a projection that 7500 people would lose their jobs Damn. over this um which is horrible. That's never what you want. You can you can
1: bet Phil's going to have some
0: shit to say about that. Right, right. Which is a big part of the reason why I want to you know hold this conversation. But it's too big to not announce that this is what's going to happen.
2: Which is why he can tweet those thoughts.
0: <laughs> As I'm sure he will. Uh, so just be ready because that conversation is going to happen next week. It's going to be a blowout conversation. I want to talk about what we can expect. Some of the things that are on the horizon for... Uh, Marvel and for Disney now that this deal is uh, done or at least at that point it ought to be done Um, and what things are being left behind, the things that we'll never get that we thought we were going to get or the things that we probably won't get like uh, the Silver Surfer movie as an example. Um, There's lots of stuff that will be lost including the jobs that we already talked about. So not all of this is great news but uh, we'll get into all that next week. The most major announcement that we got this week that we, uh, that I think everybody is on fire about one way or another is that James Gunn is back for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. He has been rehired by Disney to do this movie,
2: much like DC. Marvel's also a puss.
0: <laughs> you think so?
2: Yeah, man, they backed out. They're oh. like, nah, nah. Go ahead. Originally, you mean? Yeah, originally. That's it. They backed out of it. Like they, 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 they it succ- succ- came a word. They they had. They have succumbed to the uh, the opinions of the masses. They pushed out.
1: I not It wasn't even the opinions of the masses.
0: Yeah, it was the opinions of some trolls on Twitter who were trying to prove a point. Uh, it's ridiculous how that all went down. But obviously, uh, cooler heads have prevailed. We floated a theory. I don't recall. I don't wanna I don't know who to attribute to I think it to. we did. Yeah, but yeah. we floated a theory that this would happen. Um yeah.
1: I I wonder
0: if I like I feel like this was set up. You know why I don't agree and I mold this over a lot. I don't agree because of Suicide Squad. I think if James Gunn always knew that he was gonna be coming back, he wouldn't have signed on to do that movie. Because it complicates things and I, I do want to read from a couple of articles here because there is there is like a, a conflicting report about how all of this went down. So first of all, and,
2: and for uh, sorry, Sean, before you dive in and for more uh, info on what we did talk about, you can go check out episode 95 where Ooh. Disney's done with James Gunn that early. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: guess
1: it's only
2: one twenty-five. That feels 2018, like uh, twenty-eighteen, August twentieth.
0: That feels like ages ago now. Wow, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, but so, Deadline was actually the first website to break this news, and according to them, uh, Alan Horn met with James Gunn several times post firing, and we actually knew that. That we knew, we've known for a while. Uh, what we didn't know. And what Deadline is reporting is that Horn was actually, he changed his mind based on Gunn's reaction to what happened. His apology and the way in which he handled the situation uh, after the fact. Of course, Gunn also had the support of the cast and crew and everybody else and a, a, a very vocal fan base. Who clearly wanted him to return to this to this movie, and they were using his script. That's the best part. They were always using his script, so that's one perspective. But there is another. Um, and, and, and for this, I actually just want to read direct quotes. So this is what comes directly from Deadline: the decision to rehire Gunn. He was fired last July July by Disney after alt-right journalists made public, uh, blah, 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 was one that was mulled and actually made months ago, following conversations with Disney, Disney Studio leadership and the team at Marvel Studios. Why the change of heart? After the firing... Alan Horn met with Gunn on multiple occasions to discuss the situation. Persuaded by Gunn's public apology and his handling of the situation after, Horn decided to reverse course and reinstate Gunn. Now, that is what Deadline says. But here's what THR has to say about the same issue. In the weeks after firing Gunn, there was speculation around town about who could replace the filmmaker, with agents lining up clients but by mid-fall... Any perceived search seemed to have petered out, with many thinking that the the project was on the back burner. We reported that. Back to the article. What almost no one knew was that Marvel and Disney had never undertaken a search and had gone back to gun and made a deal in secret, according to insiders. So that's two different perspectives. Deadline were the first to break this story. THR obviously uh, came out after so we don't know exactly which version is true now if it's true that they never looked at anybody else and that they were always going to bring James Gunn back that was an early decision if that's true I could see a lot of people being upset I could see a lot of people being upset by the fact on both sides, quite frankly, by the fact that this was a firing that was based on uh perception and that they never had any intention of making this movie without him, and that it was just a waiting, a waiting a holding pattern to wait for the negative press to die down. Lots of people could be upset about that. People who were mad at James Gunn could be mad now. People who were mad at Disney for firing him could be mad now because we had to go through this whole bs process that was totally unnecessary if you believe the story
1: yeah especially in that second part though it just i don't know it just feels to me i don't know not that i don't I don't want to say that disney just went along with the the trolls to create headlines or whatever and get more press for it but it doesn't not sound like that
0: you know yeah, it you're right. It it, it it kinda does. Marco, what do you make of this?
2: I don't know. It, it it's it's weird. I'm still kinda like just processing it. It's kind of just like I'm I'm gonna believe the the story as it was. I'm gonna wait to see if there's like more news on this, I think. But like as of right now, you know, they were disgruntled, they fired him, they're I don't know about the talks behind behind the scenes, but uh, maybe they struck something up recently. Um, I don't know. There's a it's kind of a lot there, but at the same time, a lot we're still trying to figure out.
1: Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> For me, it seems like one of those situations, like uh, in the uh, the hacked Sony emails, right, right. Here in here in a couple of years, when North Korea gets a hold of Disney's emails, they're going to release that, and we're going to find out that it was all just
0: for headlines. I hate I hate to believe that, especially because Guardians was supposed to be the first movie out after, uh, well, Spider-Man Homecoming. Endgame. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, we've we've covered that movie in depth and how that movie's not even supposed to be coming out when it is, that that's a Sony decision. Marvel wanted the first movie after Endgame, as Kale said, to be Guardians because Guardians was going to come out a year later, so in 2020, and it was going to set the stage for the next phase of Marvel. Because of this firing, that is no longer happening. And we also because of this firing, have no idea what movie is going to fill that void. Guardians of the Galaxy cannot possibly come out on time, especially because part of the deal is to wait until Suicide Squad comes out to begin production on Guardians. That puts that movie way out, because Suicide Squad is coming out in 2020, I believe. 2021, I thought. Maybe you're right.
2: I think think they pushed it, yeah.
1: I feel like either way if Guardians were supposed to come out it would be 20 at least 2022 probably
0: 2023 Yeah e- either way it's a ways out. We're not getting that movie for some time. Yeah, um, 2021. Yeah. So that completely changes course. That's a that's a to- we're looking at a totally different MCU by that point. so i i did want to read uh because james Gunn he he put out a a response um his first public comment and i I did want to read it he said i am tremendously grateful to every person out there who has supported me over the past few months i am always learning and will continue to work at being the best human being i can be i deeply appreciate disney's decision and I'm excited to continue making films that investigate the ties of love that bind us all. I have been and continue to be incredibly humbled by your love and support. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Love you all. So, a very, you know, very nice uh, letter. Um, Easy response, yeah. Easy response about what you would expect. I suspect it's genuine because uh, I, I, I think James Gunn has genuine love for this franchise, and For these characters. One last question that I had for you guys is um, how does this affect his involvement with Marvel beyond this movie? Because not two weeks ago, we talked about how Kevin Feige went on record as saying that James Gunn's involvement wasn't that big to begin with, that everything that was being reported was actually over-exaggerated, that he wasn't leading the charge behind Marvel Cosmic, that they weren't having all these meetings, uh, and that he wasn't, you know, the spearhead of that initiative. So, was Kevin Feige lying and downplaying James Gunn because he didn't know about this, or was James Gunn lying initially to say all that? I I don't know if that's super relevant, but I'm curious as to what you guys think about what I just said and what his involvement will actually look like post Guardians.
2: I think he's I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I I'm assuming the Guardians story is going to continue past uh Guardians 3, like not in like a Guardians 4 necessarily, but in a some form of crossover that they're still going to be there and they are going to need somebody to sort of expand on the universe that has been set within Guardians. I'm assuming uh, we do know that the Eternals are going to be coming out um, and there is that pivot to like a larger sort of uh, uh, cosmic realm. Um, So I mean, if that's what they want to be pivoting to, they have this guy who is experienced within this sandbox and we know can deliver good movies. So I, I think that, strategically they should keep him but as to whether or not he'll want to stay i think is the 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 bigger question there right like like i think for marvel from a business perspective it makes sense to just keep him as an asset but whether or not he wants to keep participating outside of all right i want to come make this film right knock it out of the park finish the story i wanted to tell and then jump jump ship and uh tackle suicide squad
1: yeah, I think I think that's the thing. Like, it's gonna depend on how how he's treated by Marvel. You know, up until Guardians Three comes out, and then whether or not Warner Brothers wants him to build the DC universe, <laughs> stemming from Suicide Squad. I mean, weirder things have happened. <laughs> like,
0: the world is his oyster, because he 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 now is what he's got to be the only. Is he not the only director who will have played for both teams? Is he not the only director who will have done? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um. And 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 even if he's not the only director to have ever done it, he will I almost assuredly be the only director to have released a movie for both uh, companies within what within a couple of years of each other.
1: And I I would even I would even go as far as to say within this specific
0: age yes films that we're in yes i mean joss whedon comes to mind with the whole justice league thing but we don't know that 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 is such a, a chimera of a beast we have no idea how that really shakes out so yeah joss whedon probably does count but whatever I'm looking at James Gunn because he has the opportunity to continue his career with either Marvel or DC, and it's going to be interesting to see what he chooses to do, or if he chooses to say "screw this superhero crap," I'm out of here, and go back to making you know the kind of movies that he enjoys making, the other kinds of movies he enjoys making.
1: He he's got uh, a film on the way that's it's uh, super, uh, basically an origin of Superman, but steered horror. So he, he may very well not not leave the uh, the superhero game. Yeah, anything could happen. the The other thing I would put forth to to answer your your question about uh, Kevin Feige is, I guess it depends on whether or not this is all this was all a con. You know, if it was if it was just a con, then it it could be Kevin Feige, uh, you know, playing his role. Uh, and saying, you know, towing the company line at the time. Or uh, he could very well be right. Yeah. and, and Or uh, right. Uh, he could be saying what's factual. Right. And in, the, in that, you know, Gunn ha- didn't build the cosmic.
0: The only MCU. reason why I, I go back to that is and why I've brought it up, you know, even uh, since then is just because. It was just so fascinating to me that Kevin Feige would, would publicly kind of downplay anybody's involvement, um, especially one of his key directors. But of course, at that time, we didn't know that James Gunn was still a key director. So um, whether Kevin Feige knew it or not, we probably will never find out. And if it was a con, as Kale suggests, we will most likely never find out. Unless there is a, a Sony esque email scandal. Um, but. I'm endlessly fascinated by the politics behind these kinds of decisions and the things that go on. Um, if, just a, uh, an aside. If you're into stuff like that, go check out what's going on with, uh, with Kevin Sujihara at Warner Brothers and the, the insane scandal that's happening over there. Um, it's a very interesting story. but Kevin Sujihara is uh, the president of Warner Media. I believe that's his title, and I'm not going to get into the whole story here because it's long, but there is a very salacious story going around right now. Uh, Oh, boy, it's hot. Um,
1: Man, listen, I would take the show an extra hour if it's (laughs) it's that good. (laughs) It's
0: really good, and if you want to hear more, I'll tell you off the air, but the the tease is that uh, the story, and I believe it's The Hollywood Reporter, the story tells how... Kevin Sujihara's uh infatuation with an actress has near has driven some of the biggest decisions that have been made in Warner Brothers films over the last five years. It's it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Married man, recently instated as president. Big time, uh, big time antics, and it implicates Zack Snyder. It implicates um, not Zack Snyder. I'm sorry. Um, oh my goodness, who? Do, uh, Brett Ratner. It implicates Brett Ratner. It implicates several people who are higher ups over at uh, Warner and have involvement there, Rat Pack Media. So it's a very, very interesting story. I implore everybody to go check it out, Kevin. A Hollywood Reporter article? I believe I read it on Hollywood Reporter, yeah. Damn. I hope somebody makes a podcast
1: about it. Maybe we should. <laughs> I wish, I wish. I'd love to. That's my job. I'll do a I'll do a serial-esque <laughs> yeah. uh, documentary series about that. That'd be sick as hell. Yeah, man.
0: Uh so that's gonna do it for us. We're gonna jump out of here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our interview with Ted and Ro. Uh remember, crowded the graphic novel is out now well it's out uh for you guys um on wednesday so go check that out uh i believe ted said it would be 13 dollars, which is a little bit more than the average uh first trade for an image book
1: i think I, he may have been thinking of uk prices uh, yes it
2: could uh, be pounds yeah and it, it, it might translate back down to to around 10 bucks for us
1: okay well no no, no. uh so the way it works is um and I know because I lived. So, oh, I know it'd be more. Um, right. It would be more, yes. But they they market it at the same price in the different currencies. So his will be nine ninety nine pounds. Ours will be nine ninety nine dollars.
2: Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm
1: reasonably sure.
0: Well, hopefully it is ten bucks. I mean, even if it's thirteen, it's a deal either way. It's a great book definitely recommend getting your hands on that if you do happen to pick it up or you're already a fan write in to let us know your thoughts about crowded we'd love to hear it and then of course <laughs> talk to us about this big time marvel news james gunn back in the fold and of course the uh, merger between marvel and fox we want to hear your thoughts about those things you can hit us up on social media at the comics pals you can write to us at the comics pals at gmail.com if you're checking this out on youtube thanks a lot make sure to leave us a comment uh, drop us a like while you're at it and uh, share this video with your friends and subscribe to our channel all those things are free to do they help us out a lot more than they cost you to do we've got a lot of great content out there for you guys we've got the Captain Marvel book club which is out we've got still the Hellboy book club we're, we're, we're still uh, promoting that one it was a ro- rocking good time and then uh, upcoming at the end of the month we've got the Shazam book club Captain Marvel Oh, Oh, jeez. How long? So
2: so actually, actually we're having a Captain Marvel book club followed by a Captain Marvel film review followed by a Captain Marvel book club followed by a Captain Marvel review.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm into it. I'm not. uh, Kill. Plugs. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Comics Pals. Uh, You can find Pete uh, at loud underscore Pete. Uh, you can find him on the video game Pals on Tuesdays uh, as well as the loot pots loot cast uh or something he does a nintendo based podcast Potscast. Uh,
2: yeah podcast i said that
1: whatever go i don't know it's not affiliated with us I don't give a shit um <laughs> he does shit over there uh you can find me at toto into that's t o t o i n t o w um did I say Twitter and Instagram? You can find me there at Twitter and Instagram. Anyway, you can also find everything I do at kaleward.com.
2: Awesome. Uh, Marco. You can find me at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I did want to just plug uh, a Kickstarter that I recently came across. The artist is Garrison um, Dominguez, and his book is on Kickstarter right now, Wages of Sin. Uh, it looks really cool. The art's super dope. Uh, it just kickstarted maybe. Last week I want to say. So he you still have uh another two, three weeks to go support this book. I definitely encourage you guys to do so. It looks really, really cool. Awesome. Uh and then Phil is dumb a,
0: in the
1: show.
2: Phil is a garbage person and he can be found at Cyborg Beepop. No, yes, Cyber beepop. <laughs>
0: As for me, I am on Twitter and Instagram only, at SeanSoapbox. Hit me up to talk about all of this exciting Marvel news um, that I, I really can't wait to dive more into next week on the show. So with that, we're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys.
2: See you next week. Bye. Is of going to be landing back in the East?